0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this with my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi State Sports like nobody else. Nobody on Super Talk has a better intro. Just want to point that out. It's just not possible. It just isn't possible. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. Super Talk, Mississippi. You're watching it. Super Talk TV. Might be listening on the Supertalk app or at Supertalk.fm. A lot of great places to find us, and we appreciate you tuning in wherever you are. Especially if you're in Tupelo tonight, we we really appreciate you guys out there. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino in Studio X, handling the business for me. Everything that that goes good on this show is his fault. If there's a mistake, you put it on me. That's that's how we run things. You know, I don't I I know people don't like Joe Morehead, but on this show we follow his rule. We point the thumb, not the finger. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Richard Williams is gonna join us in about uh thirteen minutes uh to talk with some MSU basketball because that team is a lot better than we all thought it would be. And if you're so if you're at home right now and you're like, No, Brian, I thought they'd be great. Stop lying. It is Christmas time, Santa is listening. Don't go on the naughty list. Just accept the happiness that is MSU basketball right now. But we will start with football. Uh we'll talk about MSU's bowl game a little later, but we got to start in the transfer portal because that's where all the, the news really is right now. Some big changes possibly coming Mississippi State's way uh, via that, that portal. Now, obviously, let's talk some big picture about this first. We got to get out of the, uh, the mindset of, oh, I love that guy. I love that player. Eh, that's a dangerous mindset now in the day of the transfer portal. You need to just worry about the helmet. You need to worry about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. That's how, that's how college sports are going to kind of have to work uh, going forward. So if you got a player who's like in his fourth year, his fifth year, you guys want to level on Jet Johnson tonight or, 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 or Buki Watson, feel free. Feel free. Young, promising freshman, maybe maybe wait. Don't get that jersey just yet for Christmas. Um, so let's look at who we think's in and who we think is out. Some big names. Dylan Johnson. We'll start with him. According to my information, according to my sources, at this time, I would not expect Dylan Johnson to be a part of the Mississippi State football program in 2023. Just, just would not. Not, a, not an NIL money issue the way it is with Ra Ra Thomas, uh, but is a more of a he feels it's his time to shine kind of thing, and he feels like he wants to be in an offense that can showcase more of what he does as a runner than what Mississippi State can do. Mississippi State is an air-raid offense. Running backs aren't going to get 20 carries a game. It's just not going to happen. And I like Dylan Johnson. I think he's a really good football player. He has bled and suffered and broken bones for MSU. And i got nothing but respect for him. But And this is the key for all of this. This is the key for everybody in the transfer portal at every school. It is not a Mississippi State-centric issue. It is not. It only happens to us. All of that is, is bull hockey. There are guys in the portal that Mississippi State can get that can replace Dylan Johnson and give you the same production you got this past year. Plenty of running backs in the portal that can do that. Plenty of running backs, plenty of wide receivers. Ra-Ra Thomas, I think Ra-Ra Thomas is an outstanding college football player. I've said since early in his career, I was like, this is the guy who's going to break the streak for MSU and be an NFL receiver. I still believe that. He has all the tools. And you look at the, the schools that are offering him, obviously they see it too, because Georgia and Tennessee don't just throw out offers to guys. But there are guys in the portal you can get that can give you the same production you got from Ra Ra Thomas. So there's no need to freak out when you see these guys. It's a little disheartening on what looks like a, a big 2023 campaign that you're gonna lose some of these guys. But if you replace them with the right people, it doesn't matter. It's just taking a square peg out of one hole and putting it into the other one. As long as it fits, who cares? Not worried about the name on the back of the jersey. I've said one thing I've said many times on my podcast, and I may, I may not have ever said it here, but I'll say it here for, for you to hear it is that, if we woke up tomorrow in a world where everybody at Ole Miss had transferred to state and everybody at state had transferred to Ole Miss, then Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Jenkins are my two favorite players in the world, and Will Rogers is public enemy number one. He's the worst. Because what matters is the helmet and the name on the front of the jersey. The name on the back of the jersey is irrelevant. It's college football. They change out every three, four years anyway. Don't allow yourself to get intertwined with the players. Cheer for the team is how I would look at that. One more guy to talk about possibly heading out, probably heading out, is Xavier Thomas, the freshman receiver from Louisiana. Great year as a freshman, I thought. Really showed a lot of athleticism as a punt returner. I was excited about his potential. But it appears he's going to head into the portal as well and seek uh, greener pasture. So we'll see how that pans out for Mississippi State. But, again, that is a guy that you can find a replacement for in the portal. As far as staying goes, you've obviously seen all the defensive guys. All of that happened last week after uh, our sh- our show. But you you saw that, you know, Jet Johnson and Buki Watson, Jaden Cromedy back, Um uh, Nathan Pickering, Jordan Davis, basically the entire front six are coming back, minus Tyrus Wheat, Randy Charlton. Everybody else is back. Now, you got a lot of work to do in the secondary, and that's going to be a huge uh, focal point for this this campaign and recruiting and getting guys out of the portal. You're losing four out of your five starters back there, Jalen Green, Jackie Matthews, Colin Duncan, and obviously Emmanuel Forbes, who declared for the NFL draft. Uh, Green... Matthews playing in the bowl game as far as I know. Forbes is not. And then I haven't confirmed one way or the other on Duncan. Duncan's draft announcement didn't say anything about a final game, but it also didn't say I'm not playing. So I don't know for sure. Um, those guys obviously are all back, though, the, the 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 front six guys. Jaquavius Marks, I was told at this time they feel confident that he'll be back in Starville for another season, which is great. State couldn't afford to lose both those guys, I don't think. But just losing one, you can replace one. There are plenty of guys. They could replace two, but that, it's difficult at that point. Because then you've got to find two guys who are willing to split carries. Whereas Marks kind of already knows the deal. And then from a receiver perspective, uh, receiver Rufus Harvey, there were some early thoughts maybe that he was considering looking at the portal. I've been told all that's been taken care of. Expect states leading. He was state's leading uh, pass catcher last year. Expect him back in Starfall. So there's a lot going on. A lot of uh lot a lot, lot happening there. Looking at the text line here, aren't we going to get someone anyone someone else wants? Well, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get plenty of guys that other people want. That's what you do in recruiting. I don't I don't have any doubt what's what so uh whatsoever that they will go out and get guys in recruiting. He says get, we got screwed by NAL. No. You didn't. Dylan Johnson's issues aren't NIL-related. They're playing time-related. They're playing system-related. Xavier Thomas wants to be closer to home. Now, that's a little weird in today's day and age. Feels like you're closer to home than you ever were before, but that's what he's telling everybody. So unless he's lying, which I don't think he is, are portal players still doing school? Well, I mean, finals are going on right now, so I have no idea. I, I assume they're probably done with finals. School is almost over here in uh, in Starkville. What kind of money do we have in the NIL? Uh, They're fine. I mean, it's never enough. Don't get me wrong, but they had enough money to make sure all those defensive guys wanted to come back, and they had money to offer Dylan Johnson. They had money to offer Ra Ra Thomas. They had money to offer Xavier Thomas. We are efforting with all kinds of work to get Charlie Winfield from the Bulldog Initiative on with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. But he's a busy man right now. He's conducting a lot of interviews trying to make sure that the roster is set for next season. So he's been doing that. I'm very interested in that process. How do you come up with your numbers? That's what I want to know from Charlie. Like, You sit down and you look at it and you go, okay, this guy has done this. He's worth this. I I want to know how that process works. Not sure. Certainly not just an MSU problem. Arizona just lost Darian Singer, best wide receiver in the Pac-12 this year. He's got a Mississippi State offer. You might see him in maroon and white next year if they – if they push him uh, along the way. So we'll see. We'll see. Hunter and Columbus seems like the airway would be a wide receiver's dream, but it doesn't appear to be the case. I think it still can be. It's just finding the right guys. They haven't haven't found the right guys yet. I mean, look at Makai Polk. It was his dream. He caught 100 passes. This year, those guys didn't do as great as you would like them to. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Richard Williams, one of my favorite guys to talk to, knows basketball better than anybody. This Mississippi State basketball team is off to an incredible start, and they've put themselves in a position where they can get to the NCAA tournament without having to do a whole ton of damage in the conference. I'm excited about this team. and and where it's going. And it's just year one. It's just eight games in with Chris Jan. So we're going to talk to Richard Williams when we come back about Mississippi State basketball. This is Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder
1: and Lightning
0: on Super Talk Mississippi. Back here on Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here tonight on a Wednesday, like we always do. And joining me now, I want to talk some hoops, so I need to talk to an expert. So I'm I've got Richard Williams on the phone coach. I'll tell you with this team, I'm surprised. I I I can't I can't get around how much better they are early than I thought they would be. Just your opening thoughts on, on this team, how they've played so early in the season and and how impressed you've been.
1: Well, number one, Brian, I think they play really hard. Uh, You know, there's there's tremendous effort on both ends of the floor, in particular on the defensive end, uh, and they they rebounded, I think they average almost 16 offensive rebounds a game. And they have a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds because they don't shoot it very well. That gives them a lot of opportunities for offensive (laughs) rebounds. But, you know, I I think what Coach Jans has brought to the team is uh, just an effort level, uh, an expectation that he has That whoever's on the floor is going to play hard, they're going to defend, they're going to rebound, or they're not going to stay in the game. And, uh, you know, they play different defenses, which we haven't seen in a long time. They'll they'll go from a full court man, they'll play one, two, one, one man, uh, they'll play a two, two, one, uh, I mean, one, two, one, one zone press, two, two, one press, one, three, one half court. So they do a lot of different things. but more than anything, it's just the effort that they play with on the defensive end and attacking the glass.
0: Coach, I'm going to ask you to, go to the chalkboard here with me for a second because I thought last season one of this team's weaknesses was help defense, that they just continually left guys open for, for shots when they would try to help. This year, the team looks like they're a lot better at help defense. Why? Why is it that this team, with a lot of the same guys, is just better at help defense this year?
1: Well, one of the things that they do differently, uh, and I had never seen this particular defensive style until we played Texas Tech last year. I don't know if you remember that game, but we really struggled to score against Mm -hmm. Texas Tech. But what Chris Jans has brought is it's a little bit different the way they do it, uh, O'Brien. They they try to deny the first pass to the wing, but when that pass is completed, which it usually will be, then they get so far on the top side of that offensive player that they don't let him drive back toward the midcourt line or toward the middle of the court. They force that dribbler to go baseline. And then their help is all at midline. All the players are at the midline. And so as soon as that player puts it on the floor driving baseline, whoever that next help defender is, they trap that guy on the baseline. And then the other help defenders – uh, away from the ball, as soon as the ball is skipped across the court, which people are starting to do now, they really close out in a hurry. And then the other thing is, if the ball is thrown into the post, yeah, that's right. the Bulldog post players play top side of the post, and so when the ball goes into a post player, the next help defender traps that post player from the baseline side. And so the most good post players, when they feel pressure from the top, as soon as they catch the ball, they're going to turn baseline. And what they're doing, they're turning right into help. They're turning right into a trap. And so that's why Mississippi State is creating so many turnovers. Now, I thought in the last game we played, uh, we gave up a lot of straight line drives. The ball wasn't going to the baseline. They weren't forcing the ball to the baseline. And they had uh, a couple of small guards there that were able to beat us off the dribble and beat us on straight line drives. And so our health defense wasn't quite as good on those straight-line drives. So I'm sure that's something Coach Jan and staff will clean up.
0: You mentioned it a second ago. Offensively, this team just struggles. I mentioned this on my podcast. I said, you don't get to play college basketball without being a good scorer. That's got to be one of the first thing a coach looks at when they recruit you. So I know it's in there somewhere for them to be shooters. What can this team do to get better offensively?
1: Well, you know, sometimes, as you say, Brian, I think you make a good point when you recruit players. Many times you're recruiting these leading scorer off their high school team or off their junior college team. Uh, but keep in mind, those guys at that level are the number one option on that team most of the time, and they're not playing against players who is nearly as big, uh, strong, athletic, and long as they're playing against now. And so, so many times they come to this level, all of a sudden they're not the first option, not the second option, not the third option that changes the mindset a little bit. Plus, they're playing its players bigger and stronger and quicker. They close out on them much quicker uh, than they were in the high school and junior college level. And then sometimes guys are just not very good shooters, but in high school they're able to score a ton of points because their athleticism allows them just to get to the basket and score goals close to the rim. And at this level, sometimes you're not able to get to the basket, score those goals, score those of uh, points close to the rim, you have to make outside shots. And if you look at some of our guys, and I'm not going to call them names, if you look at some of our guys, the rotation on their shot is awful. I mean, it's terrible. And so that <laughs> has to be cleaned up. Uh, although sometimes I've coached kids. I coached a guy in high school one time had the worst rotation on the ball I've ever seen. But he probably shot it 10 million times from that particular point of release and he could make it. But most guys, when that, that rotation's not great, something's wrong with their shot. And it has to be cleaned up, uh, but so far we just haven't shown a great ability to make outside shots. I think that's something that's going to have to be cleaned up because Tolu Smith is so dominant in the low post when he gets the ball one on one. Almost everybody, if not everybody, they're going to double team Tolu totally when he gets the ball. He's going to have to fan the ball out to shooters, and we're going to have to make some jump shots as our schedule gets tougher. 12.
0: Experience. You kind of led me into my next question. I wanted to ask about Tolu Smith, because I, ever since you were the head coach, Mississippi State has just had good guys down low, going back to, to Cam Burns and, and Greg Carter and, and just all the way through. You know, where do you rank Tolu among the big guys you've seen at Mississippi State? And And sort of going back to what you were just saying, what can Mississippi State do around him to help him be more successful?
1: Well, I think he's really good one-on-one in the post. Uh, he's one of the, one of the best guys I've been around. Uh, Cameron Burns, obviously, one-on-one in the post. was he, he was very difficult to guard, but Cameron was 6'7", maybe. Hmm. Probably closer to 6'5", or 6'6". We listed him 6'7". <laughs> Tolu Smith is a legitimate 6'11". The thing I'd like to see Tolu do a little bit better, sometimes he catches the ball in the low post. He has an easy shot if you just go up and shoot it but he likes to put it on the floor, he likes to go the other side of the rim, and sometimes he makes easy shots more difficult by trying to get it off on the other side of the rim. I think if you just sometimes turn and and just lay it up, it's an easier shot. Uh, Another thing is Tolu gets the ball most of the time on one side of the lane line or the other. He prefers the left side of the lane line as you look at the goal but he can score on either side. I think if Mississippi State will do some stuff where they can get him the ball in the middle of the lane, where it's much more difficult to double-team somebody, if they can do some high-low stuff, get him posted in the middle of the lane in front of the rim, it will make it much more difficult for opponents to double-team him.
0: Coach, when we get into the SEC, you look at the polls right now. There's six teams. I'm sorry, five teams ranked ahead of Mississippi State from the SEC. There's four of them in the top 11 and then Kentucky is sitting there at 16th. It's a tough league and it's going to be night in and night out. No matter who you're playing, you know, when you look at this team and you think about trying to project them into SEC play, I obviously don't expect them to go and defeat it, but what kind of success do you see them having once the conference schedule starts going?
1: Uh, that's, that's a hard question to answer because I just don't know. Uh, we haven't played anybody yet uh, that, that I think is going to be as good as some of the top teams in the SEC, although Marquette and Utah have turned out to be a little bit better than I thought when I watched them in person. I thought Marquette and Utah, both of the teams we defeated in Fort Myers, I thought they were good teams but not not great teams. Uh, but, but they've had good wins since we played them. Uh, I think we'll find out more once we get into – Conference play, and we start with Alabama, Tennessee, and then Ole Miss. I, I think we'll find out a little bit more about our team. But one of the things Chris Jans has told me or has mentioned to me as he's watched SEC teams play on television, he says the thing that, that, that is different, the Southeastern Conference from top to bottom is so good. You know, he said where, where we came from, you know, the bottom two or three teams, we knew we were going to win those games. Those are going to be easy games. We knew we were going to win those games. He said, as I look at the teams in the SEC, none of them are going to be easy. You have to be ready every night. So I think it's just a matter of getting into conference play, see how we do these first few games. But I do think this, the way our team plays the defense and the way they rebound the basketball and the expectations that Coach Jans has about the effort they're going to play with, I think will be very competitive in the SEC.
0: I think it's going to be the case too, Coach, just because, like you said, I know coaches like to talk about defense travels and defense that goes everywhere. and I'm just very interested to see how we do against the athletes in the SEC because those guys can shoot the basketball. We'll have to see what happens. It's been a fun start to the season, though, definitely for that. Coach, I really appreciate your time. I think we learned something tonight talking with you. Really, really appreciate it. We'll have you on again very soon. Thank you again.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Coach Richard Williams, that we just got a lesson. And, and, and how to coach basketball and a couple of those questions there. Really great information, and I definitely appreciate Coach's time. When we come back, let's look at the bowl game. Mississippi State versus Illinois in the Relia Quest Bowl down there in Tampa, Florida. We'll talk about that matchup a little bit uh, in, in, in a little more depth than we have at any point this week. We've been talking about the, the, the portal and everything else. There's actually a game still to be played. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder, well, now you got it. I wanted to get that in there. There we go. Let's get a little bit of the actual song in there. Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Hayden. If you ever missed any of the show or if you missed any of the interviews we do, like that great interview we just had with Coach Richard Williams, it's all available to you right there on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. Hopefully you're already a subscriber. Part of the reason Thunder and Lightning has been the number one sports news podcast in America for the last three months. We certainly appreciate your help with that. And uh, record numbers and, and, and listens, couldn't do it without you. So we do that, plus all the great Thunder and Lightning live shows. They go straight to the podcast feed. Any interviews we do, right there on the podcast feed, it's all right there. It's one-stop shopping. And, of course, you can always find it at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. You can find the Super Talk, um, sorry, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, the Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour. If you're a sports fan, nobody gives you more sports coverage of your favorite teams than Super Talk Mississippi and it's free this Christmas holiday season. Give yourself the gift of our sports coverage. Mississippi State's heading to Tampa for the uh, first time since 2018. was obviously, obviously the 2019 uh, Outback Bowl at that time, uh, where they lost to Iowa 27-22 under Joe Moorhead. Now it's the ReliaQuest Bowl. Right, let's see. let's find out if uh, Rhino has been listening to anything on Sports Talk or anything. Uh, Rhino, what is ReliaQuest? What what does that company do? couldn't tell you all right then they're a cyber security company which makes you wonder who's watching a bowl game at 11 a.m on january 2nd with a a big bowl of pretzels and a maybe a maybe a soda maybe an ice cold beer at that time of day and thinking man i am glad this bowl game is on because it reminded me i have got to take care of my cybersecurity. let me call rely now like I get Outback, right? You're like, "Man, Outback does sound good. After this game, we're going to Outback." Makes sense, right? Or you get Outback to go, get it door dashed, whatever. Who needs cybersecurity that's just like watching this game and thinks, "Yeah. That's what we need. I got to I got to I got to lock the cloud up. I don't want anybody getting into my photos." Anyway. It's a rant for another day. Uh they'll take on Illinois, the Fighting Illini, Brett Bielema uh in the Big 10. Good Illinois team. I wanna I wanna get this out I wanna get out in front of this narrative. Because I think a few years ago when State played Iowa, there was a lot of oh they'll kill them, you know, SEC versus Big Ten. This is a good team, guys. This Illinois team, they can play, especially defensively. They don't play a lot of passing teams like Mississippi State in the Big Ten West, but they're a good defensive team. They've got good players. Bielema is a good coach. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough game. You know, the line is only like two and a half right now I think people expect this to be a to be a, a a back and forth kind of game I think it could be an ugly game too I think these are both very good defenses could be a low scoring game we'll just have to see who's going to play in the game for Mississippi State Ra Ra Thomas isn't go ahead and tell you that right now Manuel Forbes isn't he's headed he's headed to the NFL so that's something you know the line is just going to fluctuate until everything kind of gets settled there to find out who's playing and who's not. Wouldn't expect Xavier Thomas or Dylan Johnson to play based on the previous conversation we had earlier in the show. But I want to say this again, and I said this after last week's show, or I said it, I know I said it after uh, the egg, before the egg bowl show, that state has really almost accomplished all of its goals that any reasonable fan would have set for them in twenty twenty two. They've won eight games against a really difficult schedule. Uh they won the egg bowl. They got the golden egg trophy back into Starkville. Um they have a great chance to finish the season in the top twenty with a ninth win. I, I understand that uh right now, you know, with this portal stuff going on, it feels like you're letting some of that momentum slip away from the egg bowl. I don't feel that. I don't feel that. Now, I don't know what the sales are going to be for the, for the bowl game. And look, ticket sales for these bowl games, it's kind of a racket. You know, the university gets some of the worst seats in the house. The best seats in the house go to the corporate sponsors. But you can buy those tickets on the secondary market at a much more reasonable price than you'll pay from the university. I know there are people, if anybody's listening from the ticket office right now, they're, they're, they're They're hating me right this second, but I mean, would you pay ninety bucks to sit in the corner, or would you pay fifty bucks to sit on the thirty? It's a pretty easy choice. So I think MSU will take a good crowd down there. I don't know about how much they'll sell of the allotment that the university has, but I think there'll be plenty of maroon and white down there. I mean, this is this is a discussion I actually had with some friends that like this is a January. It would be a January first bowl if New Year's Day was not on a Sunday. They're moving it to the second because that's they don't want to fight with the NFL. I get it. So you have a January first bowl in Florida against a quality, you know, opponent that you don't see very often. I mean, state has not played uh, Illinois, I think I was told, since 1980. So it's it's been a fair few years since you've seen them. This isn't exactly like playing, you know, Memphis or, or, or Louisiana Tech or something. I don't know what more. You know, you won the Egg Bowl. You you got that that present at the end of the uh, the football season. I don't know what more you could want at this point, you know. Oh, did we get a tweet here? Hold on, we may have some good old-fashioned breaking news. Dylan Johnson, yeah, that makes it official. He is. Uh, I'll read. I'll actually read it out here on the. Uh, this comes straight from Dylan Johnson's Twitter account. First and foremost, I'd like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at the college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they have shown me throughout the season. to Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Together, you guys have helped me build my character and skills tremendously. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, ooh, oh, I will be entering my name in the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. I'm going to screenshot this because I am of the opinion that will not be up very long. Let me do that right quick. There we go. Wow. Wow. I. I mean, guys, you know me. I do this show all the time. I'm usually not uh, without uh, words, but. I am really surprised by what Dylan Johnson is saying here. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, I will be entering my name in the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you, Dylan Johnson. Man, talk about you know trying to burn a bridge on the way out. First off, Dylan Johnson, anybody who says he's not tough, didn't watch him play this year. The guy played through you know, he took a lot of hits, played tried to play through an injury. I, I, I if somebody's questioning his toughness, I have to question them. But secondly, I mean, since Leach is glad I'm leaving, ooh. I am fascinated to see where that goes. man what's funny is I don't know that anybody else really read this thing because everybody's just kind of retweeting it and saying oh, he entered the portal nobody's pointing out that he took a pretty big shot at Mississippi State's coaches the head coach on the way out there Wow that's that's that is something that is something so well as we said though at the beginning of the show Dylan Johnson we, we expected him out. I, I, if you're looking for a name, Oklahoma—that is where I think Dylan Johnson's going to end up. I think he's he's already been in contact with him at some point, and uh, I would expect him to be headed to uh, to Sooner Country uh, sooner rather than later. No pun intended. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. The pun is totally intended. It was total. I, I totally intended the pun. So Johnson out. We'll see if Mark stays in, expecting him to. Expecting him to. And then you'll have Marks and Price in the bowl game. And then you look at the next season, you have Seth Davis, the, the freshman out of uh, Katy, Texas, who is just putting up stupid video game numbers in high school. You have the Juco running back, Jeffrey Pittman from Hines Community College. And like I said, I, I fully expect them to go into the transfer portal to find another guy. And then you can probably try to, you know, you try to redshirt uh, Pittman. You might even try to, I'm not Pittman, I'm sorry, Pittman. Uh, uh, Seth Davis, and then you see what, you, you know, Pittman and then whoever the transfer is will battle with Price and, and Marks uh, for carries. That is a really, really surprise. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of taken aback by, by what was said there. You know, you think about w- w- somebody made this point the other day about I wish one time a transfer would just say, I hate it here, I hate the coach, and now I'm out. That's about as close as I've ever seen he just took a he took a real shot at Mike leach there on the way out the door man I'm I'm surprised I'm surprised I've never I've never seen anything like that never seen a transfer one of those graphics hit hard that way. We shall see where it takes us. I, I would imagine something will be said in return. I, I don't think that that's going to be up very long. Somebody's going to get to him and say, you got to take that down. We'll see. All right, we'll wrap it up when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk, Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Yes, my phone is blowing up. After that, uh, after that tweet, goodness gracious! Thunder and lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Just got the breaking news that uh, that Dylan Johnson uh, is headed to the transfer portal and decided to body Mike Leach on his way out the door. Let me read this quote again from uh, from Dylan Johnson. This is from his uh, his tweet that he just sent out. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leech is glad I am leaving, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you. Never seen anything like that. Normally, like I, we, we, I said a minute ago, normally when you head out the door, it's all it's all sunshine and rainbows. I want to thank everybody. I love y'all. I'll always be a bulldog, blah, blah, blah. Never seen anything like that. Very interested to see if there's a... A comment from Coach Leach coming or anything like that? I don't know. I think it might be best just to sort of let that sleeping dog lie. But nope, I don't know. I'm, I'm just—I'll be honest with you—I'm thrown off, thrown off my game. Had you know, normally have the show planned out and want to talk, but I'm thrown off by that. I was not expecting that, Rhino. You wouldn't happen to have the recruiting song handy? If you do, we'll talk a little recruiting. Uh, not a He's looking. Oh well, we won't worry about then. I could just sing it live, but nobody wants that. But MSU did pick up a commitment uh, earlier this week. Uh, Cornerback out of uh, the state of Georgia, Bryce Pollock, was committed to Pitt. Uh, Now committed to Mississippi State. Had offers from Ole Miss, from Pitt, as I mentioned. Uh, Let's see here. Who else? Worth noting. Duke, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas State, Kentucky, Nebraska, uh, Penn State. So He had some pretty solid offers in there. I'm interested to see uh, I'm interested to see how high school recruiting looks in the new portal era. I, I'm interested to see how high school recruiting looks when, you know, you see guys coming in, they're, they're there for a year, and then they go, and then you can go sign a, a, uh, a transfer, and he's sort of locked in with you for two, three years. You know, is Lane Kiffin ahead of the curve? Is that going to be the new way? Go get 15 commitments from the transfer portal. I don't know. I can't help but think back to the days of Jackie Sherrill and how you know he sort of did JUCO recruiting like that for a while until it finally didn't work anymore. It was successful for a, for three, four, five years, and he had stayed at some of their best times, and then it turned it turned so quickly. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm telling you man that that tweet has got me spinning I just don't know how that's I've never seen anything like that I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't been picked up nationally yet I mean I'm sure it's coming but that's something that you know we're gonna that's gonna have a lot of of reaction from the national media about that there's going to there, I'm just going ahead and tell you now. The Athletic and 24-7 and CBS Sports and everywhere else you guys look on Twitter, the people you follow, they're going to have comments about this because that is something I've never seen. I've never seen a player just waylay the head coach on the way out the door the way we just saw with Dylan Johnson. And so we shall see. Goodness. Man. Man. I mean, I'm just telling you guys that I'm sorry for the dead air here. I'm just, my head is thrown. My head is thrown. State had a bunch of recruits in last weekend for for the first weekend of official visits here in the uh, you know the early signing period. Signing day is actually two weeks from today. This is the early signing day uh, for December? Uh, obviously, the big dog that everybody's looking at is Isaac Smith, the safety out of Fulton, Itawamba High School, Itawamba HS. State needs him in the boat really badly. Really badly, he he is a make-or-break prospect in this class for Mississippi State. You can call their, you can make the strong case that you'll call their class a failure if they don't get him. The good news is, right now, I think if signing day was today, he would sign with Mississippi State, and I think State's done a really good job recruiting him. It's just, you know, you got to get through the end of it. You got to get through. He still has a visit coming with LSU. You got to survive that, and survive is the right word. Got to have that kid in the class, and then you sort of take it from there. We shall see. I am, I'm still, I'm just mesmerized by this. I keep looking at it. You know, I'm one of those guys like when, with Twitter, I'm always wary of fake tweets. Like Twitter Blue has really thrown me off my game because now you can just buy a verification check. By the way, if you're one of those people who bought a verification check, then you have like 116 followers. I mean, you could have given $8 a month to the Bulldog Initiative, something, anything. A waste. But I thought that was a fake tweet. It is not. It is not. Wow. I imagine we'll have something to talk about on tomorrow's Sports Talk Mississippi with that uh, particular piece of information coming out. So don't miss that. I already recorded Thunder and Lightning podcast, so no mention of that. We will talk about it on Friday show for sure. Rhino's down there in Jackson. He made sure everything worked right tonight. I appreciate him, as always, and I appreciate each and every one of you guys who tuned in to listen tonight on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. This has been Thunder and Lightning Live. See you next Wednesday.